powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. Uh, my name is Brady. Uh, I'll be your host here today, and I have a wonderful guest with me. I have uh, Garrett Hull here. Uh, Garrett Hull, um, geez, I had it here just a second ago. Garrett Hull uh, does a lot of tracking, does a lot of uh, advanced stats stuff, and uh, especially does stuff around the Jets. Uh, is the co-founder of uh, Hockey Data Inc. and previously managed Jets Nation. Uh, at this point now, Garrett has been doing a lot more uh, tracking, which uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting about a little bit here today. Uh, but Garrett, how are you, how are you doing today? Um, excellent. Thanks for having me here. How are you? Living the dream. Can't uh, can't complain. Always fun to uh, hop on here and chat jets. Um, we'll just start off with a, a general kind of, uh, you know, broad view of the game. Uh, what did you see out there from the jets uh, as well as from the blues? Um, how did uh, how did you, you know, digest that game? What did you think of both teams? I mean, if you want like a summary version, I thought up to and including the Jets' third goal. They were the dominant team, um, creating most of the chances, both at 5-on-5, five and, five, and uh, they were doing very well also in special teams. And then it's not like the Blues took over. Then for, like, a good amount of time, like, nothing really happened. I mean, like, things happened, but, like, nothing of high consequence. And then about, I don't know, around the 30-minute mark, so halfway through, all of a sudden the Blues took over, and, like, the Blues pretty much controlled most of the game mm -hmm. after that point. Um, I mean, the Jets were able to minimize things, I thought, pretty well um, for a bit and for pieces here and there. But, uh, yeah, like I think I tweeted at some point, it was like the expected goals, which is just like how we um, essentially say the average expected goals essentially is just like what the average um team would have in that score with an average goalie with average shooters um this the score situation around there was like 2.2 goals versus 0 0.5 mm -hmm. around the third goal and then by the end of it, it was pretty much tied at 2.3 mm -hmm. if you don't count the two empty net attempts one of them that was successful one not so su successful so yeah it was definitely uh two different games that were played the first half and second half i saw some people being like this is bones shell hockey, which I mean, in, in Dallas, it kind of was like that a lot of the times, you know, try to get ahead early and then, then turtle for the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. so. I mean, it definitely is a lot easier to win when you, uh, you get a lead at some point uh, early in the game. Um, and yeah, I've, I found that the jets have been um, at least more recently, they've been a lot better in the first period than they were for, there was a couple streak of games where the first period was just, absolutely awful um from the jets and then they always were trying to claw themselves back into the game uh, i found over the past few uh pa past few games they've been a lot better about getting on top at, at the start and then uh, and then yeah you have your classic uh you know going into a bit of a shell um i i find i find that for the jets you know the second period tends to be you know where they do their best i've i've always found um but again this game here uh, as you were kind of saying after you know the first 10 minutes of the second period it's kind of teetered off um after they got that third goal but then again you know it is just kind of the you know you're up by a couple goals you want to make sure that you're not you know taking too many risks you're not trying to necessarily go out of your way to uh um you know 
try and accident, you know, you don't, you don't want to be risking giving up, uh, two on ones, three on twos when, um, when, you know, you're already leading in the game, uh, in general for you, um, do in, in a philosophy sense, you know, are you more pro, uh, you know, try to continue to keep the gas on, you know, continue to keep trying to, uh, you know, pump the score up, uh, or would you say that, you know, especially for a team like the jets, would you say that their, their play style, the, the, the players that they have on the team, do they tend to be, uh, you know, would you say that it, it makes sense for them to be, uh, trying to, you know, turtle a lot more, or do you think that you should, you know, they should be continuing to try and, uh, you know, take a, take a risk and try and you know pump the score back up to try and give them a bit more wiggle room yeah that's a that's a very nuanced question because it's it'll the answer is essentially that it depends mm-hmm. um which is really boring answer sorry <laughs> um uh like ge- talking in general sense so like what happens is that you know when teams have the lead they're trying they start turtling because you know, like you can talk in a stat standpoint by saying um, the incremental value of an extra goal for is less than uh, a, preventing a goal against, which is just a nerdy way of saying like, you know, it's, it's it's more important to prevent a goal than to score a goal if you're leading, um, which is intuitive. Most people understand that that's how NHL teams play, especially um, one thing that, you know, not everyone touches on that's especially true because of the... Um, the the tie point the betman point uh, the betman point actually means that it's uh, more important not to lose than it is to win in nhl which uh you know kind of if you're for example micah blake mccurdy and some other people talks about like how that incentivize kind of boring hockey at times um yeah so in a general sense uh you know i would say the answer depends on how good you are um the better of the team you are the more events you want to happen because the less likely it is that um uh so the you know if you're like an extremely good team like let's just say the wayne gretzky uh edmonton oilers you know you're most likely gonna win um if because you are the most talented mm-hmm. talented team so you just go 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 it doesn't matter if you're if you're leading just keep on going keep on going because if you know you have lots of events then the most the better team is most likely going to win now, if you have very few events, then it, what's happening is also one goal is a very, very crucial difference, and anyone can score one goal at any time. Um, and so, also, so if you're a weaker team, um, you know, keeping this, keeping uh, the pace slow is actually more advantageous because it creates more mm-hmm. quote unquote luck in the game. Yeah, um, not luck as in like lucky bounces, but it just means that like you know, one thing happening uh, has a greater impact of the game. So you want it to slow things down. Now for the Jets, it's kind of funny because everyone talks about like, you know, Bones hockey because of how Dallas was last, uh, the previous years. Um, but it's actually kind of funny because the Jets actually haven't been like that. The Jets when playing the league or sorry, playing the league. When the Jets have been playing the lead, they've actually kept going. Um, there's been a lot of offense for both sides, both uh the opponents and themselves um so it is interesting to see that you know the jets have actually been the opposite of what Mm -hmm. this game was um where everyone's been getting chances once they've had the lead um i think part of that's just because a lot of the jets top players like for example mark shifley kyle connor 
Blake Wheeler are not exactly defensive stalwarts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the you have the lead and um, Bones is keeping his players out there and, um, you know, they're creating a lot of chances for themselves and for the other team. Um, but yeah, in terms to try to get to your original question about <laughs> what should the Jets do? Uh, that, that's, a, that's a harder question because, I mean, I don't really see a lot of the Jets players being the type of guys that um, succeed well in that type of system. Um, but, uh, I mean, they did okay today. Uh, I don't. I think that it was mostly just because they had a significant enough lead and because of the fact that they had you know, Connor Hillbuck, who, you know, he saved point. <laughs> Point three, which you know, like that's not real. There's no point three of a goal, but mm-hmm. uh, just basically saying, like on average, you would expect a goalie to allow somewhere between two to three goals uh, with that, and he was on the lower end too. So like he was a plus value goalie, so he's better than average, and yet this actually brought down his uh, season average today. So it was a it was a bad performance according to <laughs> how he normally performs. So that shows you just how. Insane he's been. he's been this yeah. year. Oh, I, I actually didn't like. I started tweet. I started tweeting about it a lot recently because I found amazing the fact that technically, by most public analytics, he's been the most valuable NHLer since he entered the league. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> that is insane, and I, like I believe it. You know, we sit here and we watch uh, you know, constantly. Um, the Jets always we have have always had the kind of connotation around them that they're not the greatest defensively, and to see them, um, you know, coming back to life this year, I think. I, I mean, it's not a hot take to be like it's very, uh, you know, a lot of that is due to Connor Hellebuck being, you know, a Vesna candidate once again. Um, you know, I was I was gonna jump into defensive stuff with you, but I think that this kind of um, leads a little bit better into uh, the kind of PK improvement that the Jets have seen this year. Um, I am, you know, I, I've been very impressed, and, and in years past, the PK has been one of the biggest issues for the Jets. Um, and obviously, you have you know Scotty Arneal coming in this year. You've got some new personnel having uh, you know Saku Menelainen coming onto the PK. You've got Jonsen Fialbi. Of course, you've got David Gustafson. Um, it's it's very easy to look at those guys and say those are the reasons for the you know the PK improving, but then. At the same time, you know, your PK is only as strong as your best player, which is usually your goalie, right? So my question to you then is, would you consider that the improvement that the Jets have had on the PK this year have been um, due to, you know, the personnel that they have and, and you know, the new systems that they're running? Or do you think that this might potentially be just uh, Connor Hellebuck playing fantastic and, uh, you know, the guys in front of him are doing well, but uh, it's mostly led by him in the back? Um, I think it's very much been, this is my personal opinion, that's very much been, uh, the Jets, sorry, my little child is a little cranky. Um, (laughs) my personal, my personal opinion, it's been through the coaching staff, uh, the Jets. So from 2011 to 2022, AKA the entirety that the Jets have existed, um, whether depending on whether you use fancy stats or actual goals, um, the Jets have been on average the worst to second or third in the entire NHL and the penalty kill. So essentially ever since um, 
well, Max, I see Max is in the uh, uh, chat and he can tell you about which uh, coach is uh, might have some influence on that from 2011 to 2022. Um, but uh, yeah, so they've been literally the worst and they've had some guys that come in specifically for um, to help out the PK. Some of them, you know, guys that might have uh reputations that's better than their actual performance but some of them are actually good performers yet the jets always sucked um but now um if you're just looking at shots like ignoring goaltending the jets are about average and i mean you know people are like whoop de doo that's just average but when you're typically like the worst team in the league at the penalty kill on average uh being in the middle is a pretty significant improvement um so that's i I personally believe that that has to be coaching because, mm-hmm. you know, there are some new bodies in there. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think coaches, one, are the people that choose those bodies. Um, but on That's top true. of that, um, I, I just, from my personal experience, I've seen that uh, um, systems seem to play a larger role in PK performance than the actual individuals that are on there. Like, obviously, some individuals mm-hmm. are better than others at being within that uh, system um but and it's also about like having the right system for those players and not just trying to put square pegs and round holes of course of course um all right well i, I you know and I, I i i will say just to add on to that i i do agree with you as well um one of the comments here in the chat uh stanley returning is the sole reason we won and then he says just kidding uh i gotta ask you what you thought uh of stanley's game you know it's his first game he's played since uh october um and then also maybe kind of you know part of that could be touching kind of on dylan sandberg's game uh through you know what you've thought of him uh in the absence of stanley and he's kind of gotten a bit of a longer tryout uh, uh, as that sixth D spot. Um, and then maybe even uh, if you feel like roping in mentioning the kind of tracking you do with, uh, you know, the, the zone exit zone entries and stuff like that. I would love to hear more about that, but that could be its own separate question too, because uh, I, I think there's a lot of value in discussing that. Um, but first we'll just start off. Sorry. I, I'm just kind of throwing everything on you at once. Uh, what'd you think of Stanley tonight? And, uh, and maybe just kind of touch on how he kind of compares to uh, Dylan Sandberg uh, in their play styles. Um, yeah, so I, I don't mind um, trying to tie all that in. Um, <laughs> although that's good. Yeah, that's that's a fun one. Um, also, thanks for throwing me under the Logan Stanley bus because, you know, everyone knows my reputation with Logan Stanley being, <laughs> being uh avid quote-unquote hater, um, even though I was screaming for the Jets to play him instead of uh, Nathan B- Bolu, but... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it is what it is. Hey, people uh, remember what they want, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think actually this game is actually a pretty good game to kind of talk about analytics and also the tracking. So what I've been doing just kind of for fun, just to add some extra value, because um, after being in the private sector for hockey for quite some while, um, I'm now in the public sector um, writing it once again. Uh, I did some tracking um looking just at zone entries and zone exits and scoring chances and scoring chance passes you know just for some fun and to add some extra value to it um to what i'm to what i'm giving out and uh essentially what we're doing is there's kind of like two layers of stats and the what they are is actually there's technically three the three types of stats one is some of it is just straight up 
um, uh, trivia stats. So like things that aren't really very meaningful other than, you know, just fun trivia. Uh, then you got other stats that's kind of trying to answer how good or effective something is or like how performance is. And then you have an underlying one, which is how or why they are good. Um, and that's what these kind of like micro stats or uh, tracking stats kind of look at. Um, they're looking at, you know, how well does a player break out or how well does a player uh, gain the zone? Um, it doesn't really tell you how good they perform. It's more just looking at the hows or whys. They're as good as they are. Um, so yeah, going back to Logan Stanley, um, if you look at the performance analytics, he actually did quite well. Um, Jets out chance with him on the ice. Uh, he got an assist, even though secondary assists are a little bit, sorry, <laughs> little, little one. Uh, he got a secondary assist. You look at his game score. That looks pretty good. Um, but then, you know, at my tracking stats, he had four giveaways in the defensive zone, uh, and four uncontrolled exits and one controlled exit. Um, so that would say that he wasn't very good at breaking up the puck. Now, why would you get that kind of difference? Well, that's because uh, three of the times that he gave away, it was absolutely of no consequence. Uh, I think two of them were essentially he was trying to dump out the puck or chip out the puck, and the defenseman at the other end ended up catching it and stopping it. Uh, so now the other team has control, but either the play fizzled out or the winger was able to um, beat them out. And so, like, you know, there was like a giveaway, and that's bad, but nothing really happened of it. Mm -hmm. um then you look at um uh yeah so sorry to go back to my original uh thought it's so you did well in one standpoint but you did terrible on the other yes max and also two unforced icings but i've been lazy <laughs> not tracking that um i've been i've been very um streamlining in my tracking uh so i'm not doing anything like blue line stuff like seeing who defends blue line well and um resets and for checking just because you know i'm trying to uh get maximal value out of minimal minimal effort um but yeah so it's just kind of interesting to see you know how someone can do the things that would normally lead to poor results but not get poor results and so you know that kind of brings up the question when you're looking at a single game analysis what should you really be looking at and that's actually something that we don't really have answers to Mm -hmm. um like you know did did stanley play well because you know in terms of the actual results on the ice were good or is it um or was it that he did terrible because you know in the actual transitioning of the puck was pretty bad although I, you know there's a couple times i thought he was pretty pretty good in the offensive zone like i i honestly sometimes he kind of flubs the puck in <laughs> situations where he shouldn't he but for the most part i actually don't hate him in the offensive zone um, and, you know, like to answer your question about Sandberg and um, um, comparing like Sandberg to uh, to Stanley, um, you kind of look at like Stanley's like Stanley and Sandberg both have, you know, look, using Micah McCurdy's um, aka Hockey Viz's website, you know, they, they both kind of look similarly um, in the offensive zone, uh, offensive zone. So like both of them, they're not creating a lot. The team's not performing well, but they're not performing poorly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're not really pushing offense. I, I love looking at the shot chart, though, for how the Jets shoot. 
with Logan Stanley on the ice because it's just this very, very, very dark red dot right at the blue line. And that's not like, this is not saying this is where Logan Stanley shoots. This is where do the Winnipeg Jets shoot yeah. when Logan Stanley's on the ice? And it's like, mostly it's just Logan Stanley shooting. Yeah. That's, that's specifically right at the blue line, right at that dot. That's been one of my more frustrating uh, things with him is that like, he and maybe this might just be like PTSD from Derek Forbert throwing the worst shots on net every time he got the puck from that left wall. Um, but I, I personally, you know, I would, I, I, I think that the Jets need to create much more into the slot. And yes, you can do that by getting rebounds off of, you know, you can get tip shots and this and that. But I find that those shots that come from uh, where Stanley's shooting a lot of times don't. Um, end up really doing much. Usually a lot of them are without a lot of traffic. A lot of them go into the chest of the goalie and it's just kind of plays dead right there. Um, so that's easily been one of my more frustrating things with him. Um, but I do think that, uh, you know, while while you were saying uh, a second assist is, you know, just a second assist, it can happen to anyone kind of thing. If you're on the ice, you can get a second assist pretty easily. But I do think that, he, you know, on that first goal, he deserves a little bit of credit for you know at least seeing um you know seeing what was happening in that play where morrissey was coming over and kind of looking for him to switch with him uh and open up kind of that lane and then he took a bit of you know space to come and walk in for a shot and actually got a good shot off you know that wasn't off of that left wall it was you know through traffic of course it goes wide but then of course the uh the jets get in put in front and uh pld puts it home um but yeah, anyways, I just wanted to have my little spiel about yeah. that. I'm also not very pro Stanley in the general in the general. Uh I I I personally have been uh very pro Dylan Sandberg. I thought he's looked great so far in that number six role. Um and I think that he at least is uh a little more safe, I'll call it, in the in the defensive zone. Um oh geez, we're running out of time on Zoom. <laughs> Either way, no we're good. We're good. Um uh, anyways, uh, what, what was, what was I going to say here? I'm just trying to look here. Um, looking at the Jets, yeah. or unless you oh. have something to say, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I, I was, I was saying that like, they're very similar in the offensive zone. Like, you know, that it's Micah's stats suggest that, you mm -hmm. know, they're kind of hurting offense, but not a lot, just, just very, very tiny, Slightly. but then the defensive zone is like the exact opposite. They're very polar opposites. Um, De Logan Stanley's defensive stats are very, very bad. Um, other teams are creating way more chances, especially, especially right in the slot. Um, yet Sandberg's is the opposite, where you know, they're not creating much offense, and most of the offense they are is not in the slot. Um, so that's just what I was just going to say that that kind of matches up with how you feel safe with one versus the other. For sure. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, all right. I'm going to give you dealer's choice here. Uh, whether you, you'd like to speak either, you know, I've got three potential topics here. Uh, one is exploring, you know, just the talk about uh, whether or not you think the Jets need to trade for someone in that middle six. Um, we could talk about uh, if the Jets are, you know, the way the Jets are playing is sustainable. You know, they're sitting top of the central um, and, you know, their underlying numbers have been you know, maybe not as good as you'd hope, but at the same time, over the past few games, they've been uh, pretty good. Uh, or just in general, a general question about the Jets' power play. I'll, I'll let you choose out of those three. Um, I'm not going to touch power play because I don't really have much there to suggest or talk about. Uh, so, and I'm not going to talk about Gus. Sorry, uh, <laughs> Max. <laughs> uh, so I, 
I guess I can talk a little bit about the Jets because I've already kind of looked at that. Um, so numbers wise, like the Jets have done well. Um, they've been outscoring opponents. What's kind of interesting, although this was more of a problem early on, is despite the Jets um, outscoring opponents, they were rarely actually leading games. Uh, that was more of an issue in the beginning of the season than it is right now. Um, but it was just kind of interesting to see that like when you looked at um, teams in the order of how much they've won, and then you looked at each team and how they performed and how often they were leading, it was suggesting that Colorado was like leading more often than they technically win. And the Jets were the opposite. They were, um, they were trailing a lot more often for, for a team with the amount of points they had. Um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, also one was a shout out for between the barrier to me. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. It, it, I mean, the Jets, the Jets have been bad in terms of the underlying metrics what the underlying metrics just say it's a, Five on five, the Jets are creating chances about as often as their opponents are. Um, but you know, if you're creating chances just about as equal and you have the best goaltender in the world, uh, that means on average you're gonna be winning because Connor Helbick is he on average is worth almost a goal. Um, so <laughs> if you're if if you're creating chances so that you should be tying at three three. That means with Hellebuyuk, you're actually winning 3-2. Now, on top of that, the Jets have been good on the power play, and Olsen have been not terrible on the penalty kill. Um, you have a winning recipe even... <clears throat> Sorry, apologies. You have a winning recipe even if you're only kind of average at uh, even strength. Now, that's not that's not a dominant team. That's not a team that's going to you know be the favorites at the playoffs. That's not like... Sh- Colorado Avalanche of the previous year. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I think what you're saying about Hellebuck there is, is really interesting to just say that he's pretty much worth uh, a goal in and, in, in and of himself. Um, and yeah, I like I, I look at this team and, you know, they're always there's going to be warts. Um, but I think that they've been playing pretty well as of late and uh you know if the underlying numbers aren't you know throwing a big red flag at you um you know i i think as jets as a jet fan myself i i can take kind of solace in saying you know maybe the maybe these guys are for real maybe they are a wagon who knows um but of course that will uh that'll show when it comes to playoff time um in general you know because right now we're kind of sitting here it's december uh the jets are top of the central you know, a place that we didn't expect them to be. And um, I'm, I'm going to go back to the question of, do you think that the Jets could use uh, an upgrade in the uh, on the forward end of things? Um, and if so, maybe do you have any guys who you'd, you'd kind of target? Um, or do you think that the Jets, you know, could probably just suffice with just having Ehlers come back from injury and... Um, and yeah, and of course, you know, we see Sacramento Linens out tonight. Of course, he's not one of the, you know, middle, I guess he is kind of a middle six guy now, but um, there've been so many guys who have played in that middle six role. Are there any guys you could see, you know, jumping up um, that you'd like to see in the, those roles? 
Um, you know, I, I, I personally don't think Mikey Asimov is the uh, the be all end all um, for for that, you know, middle six spot. But I think he's filled in decently well. If you want to touch on him, go ahead. But uh, I mean, I'm, you know, just again, I'm, I'm throwing you uh, really open ended questions. I'm sorry for that. Um, but like I said, take it wherever you want. Um, do you think that the Jets could use uh, some reinforcements? Um, yes, I think they could use some reinforcements. Um, so like we kind of talked about, like I said, how the Jets are tracking now is like a very good team, but not like a dominant team. And um, I think, I think Ehlers coming back can definitely, pu- will definitely push them up. Um, but the way that I always model it is like, I model the best way you can build the Jets is by looking at the 2017, 2018 Jets. And once they, um, traded for Stastny. They ran three. Um, they ran three lines. They had basically a top six, and they had two lines that were the third line, depending on the situation. Whether that was, you know, they wanted to score goals. Alson Little was the third line, or if they were trying to defend leads, Alson Lowry was the um, the third line. Which, you know, more often than not, um, or not more often than not, it wasn't quite that simple. Um, Lowry line still was fourth in uh five on five ice time more often than little line was, but they essentially ran like a three, a three B uh, system there. So um, like right now, what they were doing with the Lowry line was, is different than what they're doing then because they just don't have that kind of depth. Um, and I think that they could, um, but they do need a lot of help on in the wing. Um, so you know, whether or not that comes through a trade or, you know, depending on how Russia and all that geopolitical stuff uh, works out, there there is a guy that's playing right, right. Now in the KHL. Uh, he's a goal-scoring uh, winger, and he definitely would be a lot of help um, if he was able to turn out as well as most players who tend to uh, do as, as well as he is. Because you look at the people who are comparable to Dimitri, mm-hmm. um, the list looks pretty good. And then you look at the fact that Dimitri actually is, has very few uh, power play points because he's mostly been scoring on the, on the, um, at even strength because he's been playing mostly on the second line and mostly on the second power play. Essentially he's their uh, Nikolai Ehlers um, from Ooh. the past. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and that's not saying about his two way game. Uh, there's a lot more questions about that. Um, but I, I think, you know, getting him or, would be great because you know that's free uh that's yeah. the only reason why i'm using him as an example is not because i think he's the best possible option i'm just putting him out there because he's free next uh, year at very least yeah. next year yeah yeah, I, yeah. Uh, i'm but, i'm very excited for okay. Rashevsky. yeah so uh um best case scenario is just because they have a lot of um defensive depths is that they're able to translate that into uh a winger if he wasn't able to come once the khl season's over um but uh yeah because once you bring some people on because yeah the jets have a lot of guys who are really good in like a kind of like pk um four check role um but they have a lot of those and they don't really need Mm -hmm. as many of those um if they want to be a dominant team i think they need three scoring lines uh because like you look at menaline and he's you know doing well when he's playing with lowry on the four check cycling the puck doing some low to high passes getting an odd goal um, but you know, if you put him on the top lines, um, I don't think you're getting the same kind of results there. Mm-hmm. 
Right, I agree. Um, I'm I am just to, you know let you know I'm about to lose you on Zoom because we're we're hitting our 40 minutes on the on the meeting. But uh, regardless, it is time for us to uh, wrap it up. So if I do lose you, um, th- Garrett, thank you so much for for tuning or for coming in and joining me here. Uh, you're fantastic. Uh, hopefully we could have you on again in the future if you'd like to. Um, thank you, everyone, for for tuning in. I do have to do an ad read because I do did forget to do it before. Um, but <laughs> you know which way it's going to go. Make your bet with sports interaction, whether it's World Cup, hockey, football or basketball. Uh, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to, to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Um, so yeah, so we did lose Garrett there, unfortunately. Uh, our, our Zoom ran out of time. But um, regardless, uh, it was it was such a fantastic show. Garrett's a fantastic guest. Follow him on Twitter at Garrett Hole. Um, follow me on Twitter uh, at NHL Chunky. You know, of course, follow uh, at SDPN Sports. Uh, check out the SDPN uh, shop. It's where I got this this lovely hoodie that I'm wearing, um, as well as a couple other things. Um, and if you're interested, uh, Liz and I both have a podcast together. It's uh, called Can't Teach Size. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Can't Teach Size. We released an episode yesterday. Feel free to check it out. Um, but yeah, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. Have yourselves a great day. Uh, go Jets. We'll, uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow night. Uh, Thank you again for tuning in. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.